I've got wham, damn, goodbye, Wuhan. Oh, I've got a uh, trick or treaty. Tricky treaty. I've got a tricky treaty. <laughs> Hello there, welcome to Date Fight. It's a podcast where we take great things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, he's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tavley, and together we have sailed the sea of history to colonise new worlds of entertainment and joining us today to help us distribute the smallpox-infected blankets of our podcast is uh, <laughs> stand-up writer Athena Kubliayu. How are you, Athena? I'm good, but the word colonise is very triggering at the moment, so you might have to um, yeah. s- not use it yeah. ever. <laughs> it won't come up for you the rest of it. just not use it ever, that'd Except be great. in the case yeah. of... Uh, uh, I don't think it does this week, actually. It hasn't much, although it's come up many times in the past, always sure with horrible, has. horrible yeah. outcomes. Yeah, we've described this whole podcast in the in the past as being sort of a long and utterly useless apologia for yeah. everything that British people it's did in the past. It's an extended and dispiriting trudge through the miseries of the past and how they created the our... miseries of the present. Anyway, almost today. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is going to be great for my mood. Um... <laughs> Um, it's all right. The first thing we're doing is how bad Italians are instead. That's fine. Oh, great. Yeah, let's go to this. Let's do the 7th of June, 1929 and the Lateran Treaty. So when Italy was put together from lots of little Italian city-states in the mid-19th century, one of those that didn't want to become part of Italy was the Papal State, run by the Pope. Um, However, they didn't count because they didn't have a big enough army, so they got overrun. Rome got taken from them. So from the 1860s onwards, uh, the Popes tended to grumble and be cross about the fact that Italy existed, until in 1929 they came up with a great big settlement in a treaty which said that the Vatican would exist as a separate state and a city, and the Pope would be the ruler of that and it was a great and peaceful treaty which the pope signed with mussolini <laughs> oh boy <laughs> mussolini had tapped the vatican's phones for a number of years before the treaty so he knew exactly what they wanted um but it worked for him it won over the great bulk of the catholics um but it meant that he could get away with attacking catholic popes even more so mussolini was really about the popes that wasn't the worst thing he did let's not pretend it was um <laughs> He wanted to appear that the Pope liked him, uh, but he also didn't want to appear subordinate to the Pope, so he made sure that he made fun of him every time the Pope turned round. Um, Pope Pius... <laughs> he just put kick-me signs <laughs> on the back of it. He did. He said, oh, yes, I really like Popes. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't listen to that. <laughs> Not. Um, so Pope Pius, Pope Pius, sorry, Pope Pius, uh, the 11th ended up calling Mussolini a man sent by Providence, and it did more to help Mussolini than anything else. Uh, in the 1929 elections, uh, it meant that the Catholic Church told people to vote for the fascists um, and accept their bloc candidates, meaning that there was no opposition in the 1929 uh, elections and keeping the fascists in power all the way through the 1930s into the Second World War. So that's the way the Catholic Church helped the fascists uh, stemming from the 1929 Lateran Treaty signed today in 1929 that's what i'm saying is the most important thing of the day okay mm-hmm. well as a catholic i have to take issue with a lot of that um i mean i don't really know catholic. anything about it i'm a very fresh cat no i'm fresh i'm a fresh catholic Actually, one thing worse than british people is popes yeah, I feel like there have been popes who have been Catholic less long than I have, haven't there? <laughs> yes, there was. There was one who became pope after a day. There you go. Um, I, I think Catholicism is you... a big front for popes. What, yeah. A front for what? I think for... it's a big front. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought that far ahead when sexual I said that abuse. sentence. Institutionalised sexual abuse and money laundering. A a big harem of children and money laundering. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, we can all dwell on the negatives, (laughs) but we've got some really nice buildings. 
I'm going to take you to the 7th of June, 1938, uh, which uh, Sino-Japanese war fans will know. It was the second one. Um, And uh, the Japanese have sort of invaded the mainland of China. In fact, they've taken a lot of northern China. Uh, And so uh, they think, well, what what are we going to do about this? They're going to take Wuhan. Of course, nowadays they'd be, you're welcome to it, but... (laughs) Um, back then, uh, Chiang Kai-shek, uh, at the suggestion of Chen Guofu, said, I know what we're going to do. You know, the, you know the Yellow River? Let's open the dikes. So they destroyed the dikes of this river. And, uh, I mean, you sort of think, okay, well, you know, dike schmike. It was catastrophic. They destroyed thousands of square kilometers of farmland uh Ooh. they think 800,000 people were killed by the flood it and they were civilians that wasn't the army they didn't really affect the army the only thing it did was make a huge sort of flood plane barrier to the army um so were the people they, killed by the results of the flood or by the actual flood as it happened by the by the actual flood waters wow. in terms of uh, displaced refugees uh, estimates are between 5 and 12 million people i mean wow. it was gigantic I mean, that makes and it sound more important than mine when you put it like that well it does a bit <laughs> <laughs> it destroyed all of the farmland everything got covered in silt and wasn't farmable anymore and uh, in the end the japanese still took wuhan uh but it was dis- it's been described as the largest act of environmental warfare in history. Mic drop. Who Knock yourself out that? the birthdays and death days, oh, Nat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just... The thing is, it's like, you know, you want to end a sketch on a big laugh. That was the big laugh, do you know? The yeah. biggest environmental <laughs> the disaster. Environmental warfare. Yeah. Not even yeah. disaster, warfare. No. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really... Yeah. Uh, is, this the, is this the part where I make a decision now? Not quite not yet. Yet. I'm, I'm going to go to the birthdays days while you think, as if you need more time to ponder on <laughs> I, need, I need more time, sort of like a mini genocide versus um, uh, fascism. Yeah, yeah versus um, fascism ooh. and its continued existence throughout the 1930s. Let's yes. do the birthdays. Happy birthday. No, what Sorry, are, I was just going to say, it's not, it's not like going, oh, shall I have ice cream or biscuits? It's, it's <laughs> not the funnest are. dilemma I appreciate. The other day we had the best ice, uh, best ice the first ice rink. That was quite fun. Birthday to Bear Grylls, best known for being the son of Conservative MP Sir Michael Grylls, who seriously misled the Select Committee on members' interests about his consultancy for Ian Greer and the Casper Question scandal. Well done, Bear Grylls' dad, and happy birthday to you. I did not know that about Bear Grylls. No, I thought everyone should probably learn that about Bear Grylls. Today. Yeah, that's a good fact to learn about Bear Grylls, isn't it? Yeah, he's also Chief Scout. I mean, really. Happy did you birthday. ever dip, dip, double, dip, double? I did bubble, briefly. Did you I, do any of the bubble, double, double? I did. Athena, did you join any youth clubs, paramilitary um, youth organisations? I'm, I'm going to say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did. I did a brief spell in the Hitler Youth, but yeah. it wasn't. I didn't enjoy it. You didn't get to be a seconder. Uh, happy birthday to Knut Rasmussen. He was the father of eschatology, or as it is now known, Inuism. Um, he was the first person to. Isn't it innuendo? I think. Yes. <laughs> was the first person to cover the Northwest Passage by dog sled uh, after an unsuccessful career as an actor, which means there's hope for both of us to achieve something. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Happy birthday to Beau Brummel, the dandy and friend of the Prince Regent who quarrelled with him and had to flee to France and ended up dead in Caen and was called at the time shabby and insane. Oh, poor old Beau Brummel. Happy birthday. 
Happy Death Day to Chief Seattle. He was the Duwamish and Sukamish chief um, of the many tribes in the northwest of America. He was a friend of Doc Maynard and helped them settle the northwest of America. Um, he gave a famous speech about conservation. And Seattle is named after him. That's Chief Seattle. Happy Death Day to... to <clears throat> Happy Death Day too to Anna Bohemia. She was the first wife of Richard II. Uh, she, the negotiating team who was sent to Bohemia to get her, were held ransom on their way there. On the way back with her, their ship was uh, wrecked, which was thought to be a bad omen for the wedding. She was described as a tiny scrap of humanity, and she spent most of her time interceding on behalf of wrongdoers for clemency from the king and the courts. Um, she didn't have any children, which meant that Richard II didn't have any potential heirs when he was overthrown, and she died of the plague quite young. Happy Death Day too, to Elfthrith of Wessex, the youngest daughter of Alfred the Great, not to be confused with the other Elfthrith, who is the exciting one and who I thought it was when I started writing this, uh, but she's not. We all we know is she's the youngest daughter of Alfred the Great, I'm sure. She was brilliant, true. That's the birthdays and the death days. Now, over to <laughs> Athena to find out what decision she's made about whether or not the globe-spanning cancer of fascism is less important than a bit of puddly water. Thousands of kilometres, the biggest environmental... Uh, warfare. Uh, yeah. Warfare. warfare. Yeah. Well, you said it wasn't like um, deciding between biscuits and ice cream, but actually what this really is, is a choice between sushi or pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and we can all agree yeah. that everybody... No. Everybody... Celiacs! <laughs> you can get GM pizzas. <laughs> Shut up. Everybody likes pizza. Yeah. Like, if you don't like pizza, you've got to be, like, a lizard person or something. Like, that's that's true. how we identify them. So, <laughs> David Icke goes around waving pizzas at people to test it, who's exactly. in and who's out. Um, if, you know, you leave a pizza for someone, if it gets eaten, they're fine. If not, throw them off a cliff. If they don't drown, <laughs> you know. That's the <laughs> date fight approved way of telling who yeah. is and who isn't a lizard person. Exactly. So... Um, I'm going to say that mm. it's got to be the enduring um, presence of fascism in Italy. Yes! Like the 30s, triggered by that treaty that I've forgotten the name of. Sorry. The Lateran Treaty. It's um, all right. The the, yeah. We've all forgotten that by now. That was eight minutes ago. <laughs> Thing well, is with lizard pizzas, a... they they always pick the flies off anyway. I don't know why they put them on. <laughs> Were they fine? Good. I don't in the first care. day of the week. Fine. It's one nil at the end of day one. Uh, I liked tomorrow. you, Athena. I, I liked know, you. You know, it's it's. We're it's doing so way. So we have to end this way, but it did. <laughs> I just realised there's like six more episodes. I should yeah. maintain my charm. Really I like you, Athena. I still, I think you're wonderful. Join oh us tomorrow goodness. to find out whether the burgeoning uh, hatred on the <laughs> podcast boils over into outright aggression. Um, or just the usual contempt and apathy. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. 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 Bye.